Welcome to Whiskey and Wino. We haven't been here the last two weeks. <laughs> yes. Well, we were here last week. We just had such sound quality issues that you didn't get to hear us, but we talked to each other. And it sucked because it was a really fun episode. And we're going to have to re-record it, just not right away. Yeah, we need time to forget. We need to forget things. And then last week, we just, I had people in town. Jen had a family thing, family emergency. What did I have? Your family was murdered. It was terrible. Oh, well. No, your son. uh, Oh, right. Yeah. My middle kid had a wrist incident. A wrist incident? Really? A wrist incident? That sounds weird, man. I'm not going to lie. A broken wrist incident. It's not, well, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess they are kind of getting to that age where. Right. There's there could be some carpal tunnel. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's step off that. <laughs> That's funny. So, what are we doing this week? That's usually your So, hour. yeah, tell us about Gettysburg. You had a field trip. Well, I think you should do your story first, or is your story different than mine? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I can do my story, but, I mean, it's not really a but. You were telling me when I told you, because surprise, surprise, guys, we did the same fucking story again, but this time we talked about it before, so we were learning we had the same story. um, Yes. But it's different. It's different. But we learned it before we're recording, so we're learning. (laughs) <laughs> and we're just weird like that. Um. So, but you had said something about the uh, ex-boyfriend getting in a fight, and we'll clarify that earlier or okay. later. But I didn't find that. Okay, looked, so it might be different. They could be different. I, I mean, it was the '80s. I think everybody's name was Deborah in the '80s, or Aaron, or Jen. That's a good point. So that's a good point. All right. Well, I'll just dive into it then. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so August 30th, 1980, in Freedom Township, Adams County, which is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, a call was placed to a police from a woman who said that her neighbor's two kids came over yelling that their house was on fire. It was about 3 a.m., and when the police arrived, they found Paul Sell, his wife, Nancy Peterson, and their daughter, Deborah, sorry, Patterson, Nancy Patterson, and her daughter, Deborah Patterson, they were all shot. The kids, okay, we have a different story. Oh, good. So, sorry, um, I was off. <laughs> so the kids that ran ran next door were Judy Patterson, sixteen, and Paul Sell Patterson, nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both survived. Oh, good. Paul Sell, yeah, Paul Sell, the dad. So it's a blended family, and I'm not quite sure who's who. Like, if the younger ones are Nancy and Paul's together and then the older ones are just nancy's the articles that i read were nancy had six kids and then some of them have hyphened names and some of them don't so it kind of but i mean that's not the story right and it's (laughs) it's not like everything was on the internet it's just you know whatever they're publishing so i kind of tried to had to piece it together and i'm not really good at that because names are they don't stick with me names are hard they are hard I'd have like a whole little sh- chart and like who's who. I'm kidding. I didn't. I didn't get that. <laughs> so wow, I want to see said chart. <laughs> right. Uh, Paul sells the dad survived, but unfortunately, both Nancy and her daughter Deborah did not. They were found dead on arrival. The 
autopsies concluded that they were shot with a 16 gauge shotgun. Deborah was 17 years old at the time. So she's just a little baby. The gunshot wound to her was point blank range, but her mother's was not. Huh. That's weird. Mm, Yeah, it's well, you'll you'll find out why. So the investigation into the fire was conducted and it was found that the back door was forced open and there were two bottles that were filled with gas that were thrown into the house. So they were Molotov cocktails. That's some rage to burn down someone's house. That's some serious rage. You know what I mean? Well, that's some hardcore hatred. uh, I would offer only one other explanation. There is just covering up evidence, right? Like you went in and you shot them. That's a good point. You know, you might want to cover up anything. So, I mean, sure. I'm sure there was a lot of rage. Two people were shot dead. That's That's pretty ragey. Mad as you can get. I mean, that's a good point to cover evidence. I guess I was thinking they were alive when they lit it on fire. So I guess that's why. You're right. That makes (laughs) that makes more sense. I'll shut up now. So there, there were also shotgun shells matching the size and ammunition that were used in the killings. Outside the house, along with, which was right by the neighbor's house, three ski caps, ski masks, and nylon stockings, and a gas can and beer bottles. They had three? They had a ski mask, a ski hat, and a nylon mask? Or yes. a pantyhose? Wow, that's a lot. Well, but there were, there were three of each. Oh. Like there were three. It was three ski caps, then also ski masks. Yes, that's a lot. It seems like they were all, maybe everybody had their own type of thing, and then they were sharing, like, oh, I've got another, I don't fucking know. Anyway. (laughs) They were sharing their nylon masks. (laughs) (laughs) I just have to have some extra, actually. (laughs) Yeah, just in case, you know. Do you own one? Okay, another weird thing is that the beer bottles were 32 ounces. So you're saying that you give it hands roll 40s? They're a bunch of pussies? Well, I'm just saying, like, it's usually, because they're glass bottles, it's usually a 12 ounce, a pint, which is 16 ounces, or a 40 ounce. Like, 32 ounces are popular now because they're the, the, what do they call them? There's, like, the growlers, and then there's the... I wonder if it's, like, a Corona or something. I'm trying to think of stuff that comes in 32 ounces. Are they? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I assume. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm sitting here thinking on it. Like, who cares? But I'm like a 32 ounce. So I went to Stone Brewery last year for a birthday party, and I got a 32 ounce can because they, they'll pour it in a can at the brewery. So naturally, I needed a 32 ounce can koozie because, you know. You never know. So the cans have become a little bit more popular because you can share them. You know, you can have two or two glasses, 16 ounce pints out of it. I want to know who's doing that. Well, I don't share, which is why I, I had a say, for myself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have friends. I would share that. That's just wrong. People drink it, I mean, just drink it. If you don't want okay. that big a beer, then don't get that big a beer. That's fair. Also, you have to drink it in one sitting because otherwise it goes flat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who buys it? Like, we'll share this beer. What the hell? Who does that? 16-year-olds. <laughs> and it was warm. Right? <laughs> because they they hid it from their parents under the bed. Right. Okay. But uh, anyway. 
<laughs> I digress so hard. With that. I, I saw 32 ounces and beer, and I'm like, that's not fucking right. Somebody I would never made- have thought about it. Yeah, well. Until you said it. Now I'm pondering. Thanks. So they had all this evidence, right? Like the ski masks, the nylon stockings, the beer bottles, the gas can. But it's the 1980s. There's no DNA. You know, they're not they're collecting things because they know that it's about that technology is about to come, that science. But it's not they can't do anything with it. So they assumed that it was that it was Keith Patterson, who is Deborah's older brother. He was 21 years old at the time. I'm not sure why they just naturally assumed he wasn't living at the house. That is a weird assumption. And they assumed that it was him who killed his mother and his little sister. I can't figure out. It's rare that they hit their siblings, you know. Maybe it's not rare. I don't know. It well, just seems like they'd all be in the same predicament, you know. And it seems like, I mean, it's hard to say, right? Because Paul, the if that's his stepfather, was shot as well. So maybe you would think that it, like, he was upset with his mom and his mom's husband. I don't know. Uh, again, it's there weren't a lot of newspaper articles about it, and it wasn't like it was in the era of the internet where every Joe Schmo has his own opinion that they've, you know, created right. on the internet. Good point. Keith was quick to point out that his, when he was arrested, that his sister Deborah was having issues with a boyfriend. He thought the boyfriend's name was Junior. I'm going to get into a little bit of this about Junior and another guy because I couldn't figure out who the fuck it was because junior is only used as at one point, this person was arrested and an alias was given of the name junior. So it's not like it's his name. And then when, when you go into like court transcripts and what's going on in the court, they call these two men by their given names because it's a legal document. It's not quite, I don't know, it's not easy to figure out who the fuck Junior is. Got it. The police assumed that he was trying to throw them off. You know, they think, oh, this is the brother. And then the brother says, well, my sister had a boyfriend that my parents didn't like. They were having problems. Um, they arrested Keith, the brother, for murder and voluntary manslaughter of his sister and mother. I don't know who the murder was and who the voluntary manslaughter was. Maybe they thought that he meant to kill his sister because that was point blank. And then the mom was accidental. Oh. Because the mom wasn't point blank. Like the mom looked like she was kind of an after effect. Okay. Like she was there. So I had to get eliminate the witness. Okay. Right. And the dad or the stepdad or whoever it was, Paul, was he didn't have point blank either. Gunshot. So 13 months after the murders, Keith Patterson was acquitted of all the charges by a jury. So he had to go through a whole trial. He was arrested. He was tried. 13 months later, he was acquitted. Wow. I mean, could you imagine being innocent and accused of murdering your sister and your mother? Fuck. And that no matter what, no one's ever going to believe you. Yeah. you got acquitted and people still look at you. Right. And have their opinion. Absolutely. Juries get things wrong sometimes. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Plenty of innocent people who are in prison. So why not the other way around? Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. 1996, October 5th, Keith was interviewed again because they had no other leads and they were revisiting the case. 
Keith tells them that around the time of the murder, his mother told him that she and her husband were concerned with a person that their daughter was dating. So he has the same story, right? Well, my mom told me that she wasn't pleased with Deborah's boyfriend and, you know, this, that, and the other. A guy called Erasmo Cruz. Erasmo? Erasmo. E-R-A-S-M-O. Hmm. All right. And Keith says that Erasmo was outside of death of Deborah's like house. Sounds a Disney character. Doesn't it? Erasmo. Well, it's like a, <laughs> Esmeralda is the Disney character. Erasmo. I don't know. So he was outside for the entire day watching their house from across the street is what Keith oh. says. And he's saying this again in 1996. This is like 16 years later. So they never know. even looked at here. They were just well, so focused on Keith and that was that? You know, I think they were. And I don't think they believed him when he said the boyfriend. And it seems like they just didn't do a whole lot of investigation. I mean, again, I'm following newspaper articles, right? So it's not. So Judy Patterson. Judy Patterson was 16 years old at the time. So she was a year younger than her sister. She was one of the two kids who went next door to get help. She told the police in 2008 because it's still not solved from 1996 to 2008, that the family woke up in the middle of the night to the house on fire. As she was running out the back door, she saw a man with a red ski mask on. She heard another man say to the man in the red ski mask, don't hurt the blondes. And Judy and her brother, the nine-year-old who went you know, to the house to say their house was on fire to the neighbors, They were the only two blondes in the family. So everybody else had brown hair. And that was the only thing she heard. She she flew out the back door with her brother. Huh. But she didn't tell him that in 1980. She may have. It doesn't doesn't seem like... They tried really hard to actually find the real killer. Well, (laughs) I, I, I hesitate to say that because I don't have all the information. You know, and I don't want to say that the police didn't do their job. Right. But it seems like everybody is sticking to the same story. Everybody has their, you know, and they're continuously sticking with that story years and decades later. But it's also possible that at 16 year old, 16 years old, you know, the daughter, Judy, just she didn't remember that that was being said because her sister's dead. Her mom's dead. Her dad or stepdad, I don't fucking know who, it, you know, that Paul is in the hospital. Like, there's a lot of trauma. So maybe she was just like, I don't know True. who did this. My house was on fire. I don't know. And then they just let her alone. You know, maybe she just said, I didn't see anything or I didn't do anything. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I'm just, you know, devil's advocating things. So the same year, 2008, that Judy said that statement, a former friend of Deborah's named Susan Weichel told the police that she stopped associating with Deborah because she was dating Erasmo and he was super controlling and possessive. And she saw marks that were left by him. Like she had a black eye. She had bruises on her arms. And once again, she brings it up now. And then Deborah said that, that Erasmo had fired a gun at her. Well, I'm wondering, it seems like the progression of these interviews are the police didn't know about these people right away. And they didn't come forward because, again, you know, it's 1980. There's, 
you know, the evening news, the morning news. Okay, so she knows her friend is dead. She doesn't know what went on. She doesn't know what happened. I mean, it's hard to say. But it's a small town. And yeah, it's I like, what, I don't know. We don't know what the investigation did. You're right. Maybe she kept it for herself because she was afraid she would get killed. Yeah, totally. Well, and also, if she stopped associating with Deborah, you know, I'm sure she heard on the news that Deborah was killed, but maybe you're not putting it together. It's hard to put yourself back in that situation, right? Because we have done, I mean, I want to say so much progress. There's still more to do, but about domestic violence and that sort of thing and how it escalates and how all that stuff happens. And so it's really possible that at 17 years old, her friend wasn't putting the two together of like, well, her boyfriend hit her in the face and threatened Until her. Now. That actually makes a lot of sense. And then maybe, she, you know, that's why she's dead. I don't know. I get you. So Susan received a letter from Deborah in August 1980 that said that Erasmo beat her and that she was in love with a man called Randy. So she was telling Susan kind of like, hey, it's cool if you come back around because I'm not with Erasmo. He, you know, he did beat me. And now I'm in love with this other guy and we're dating. So, again, if she's murdered, you don't necessarily think, oh, it must be her boy. You know, she's not dating that guy anymore. And when you're 17 years old, I don't think you have a really serious concept of revenge or, you know, aggression after the fact. Like, oh, you broke up with him. He's gone. Like, that's it. He's not involved anymore so randy randy turns out he's randy daybread 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 like you eat bread all day all right daybread he was interviewed (laughs) and he said he started a romantic relationship with deborah just weeks prior to the murder and that she had told him only that she had just broken up with someone and he thought she said that she had broken up with somebody who was mexican that's all he remembers We all know, you know, you don't harp about people that, you know, like at 17 years old, when you break up with someone, they're just gone. Like, that's it. You don't have any, you don't have a house, you don't have kids, you don't have, you know, like there's just social media back then. So you don't even have them stalking you and stalking each other on all the apps. Right. Almost at programs. (laughs) Just to sound old. You're so old. On all those programs. So about a year after the police interviewed Deborah's friend, Susan, they spoke to Abraham Garcia's baby mama. I'm not quite sure what led them to this line other than Abraham is either. And I'll get into it. I'll clarify this. But for now, I can't remember. Oh, no, it is. So Abraham is the nephew of Erasmo Cruz. But I think they're similar in age. Like, I I don't think they're far apart. I think they're they're related. So the police interview Gloria Rodriguez. She had three children with Abraham and the, and she she told them Abraham and Erasmo were very close. And he was seen in a car with Erasmo outside Deborah's house after the breakup. So like maybe they were stalking her or whatever. Gloria told the police in 2009 that Abraham was abusive to her, that he hit her. And her breaking point was when he hit their son with a gun. Oh, so he's wow. just like. He's a bad dude. Wow. And the very night that he hit their son with a gun, he set her house on fire or their house. He was living there, too. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
we have a little bit of a pattern. Yes, we do. We have a little history with fire. She also told police that the night of Deborah and Nancy's murder, Abraham and his uncle Erasmo were at her house drinking and getting high. Nobody ever states what they're getting high with. So in the 80s, I can only assume that it was pot because otherwise they would say it's like crack or something. Right. Right. I don't know. I just assumed. I always assume it's pot unless they say differently. Yeah, maybe it was crack or something it because certainly could have been from 1980. Nobody oh, smoked wait, this pot. Was 2008, huh? What no, no, no. But it was the 80s when it happened. She's, okay. she's telling the story. Oh, okay. Nobody smokes pot and then goes and wants to light somebody's house on fire. That sounds like so much work. It does. And you're gonna forget something. Let's be honest. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of uh, history with pot. Marijuana. With with. The reefer. But I will tell you, the only times I've ever smoked it, I'm not motivated to do anything. Perhaps perhaps eat something that is real easy to make. Yes. And sleep. Sleeping is fun. So so they're getting high. Okay, so maybe we've worked it out that it's probably not pot. Or maybe it was Cocoa Puffs. Oh, there you go. She said that they left at some point in the night and then did not return until at least around 7 a.m. the next morning. So there's no alibis. There's no, you know, whatever. 2010, okay, another year after the interview with Gloria. I feel like this is less than a snail's pace as far as these (laughs) interviews are. So I'm not sure if it just takes a year for them to track down the person, to have a conversation, to get them on record. I mean, come on. No, but, like, because I'm reading all this stuff, like court transcripts and then the news so I'm wondering if it takes them that long to actually get a like a court record interview versus like maybe they went to her house and they asked her, but she wouldn't write it down or like she didn't want to get involved or, you know, so maybe they knew of these people. They just didn't get the story. I don't know if you've ever watched Cold Justice with Kelly. Shit, I can't remember her name. Uh, She was a a prosecutor for like 15 years or 20 years or something. And now she just travels the country and she opens these cold cases. And like her and her team, they go, it's a show on oxygen. So she says one of her best, um, the best tools is time. Because in a cold case, you get people who wouldn't talk before. But then the threat has like de-escalated or somebody died. And they'll tell the story again, but they're not going to they don't want to tell it so bad that they're going to go do anything. You kind of have to redig it up and then re-interview these people and then they'll tell you a little bit more. So it's really possible that she knew everything, but she didn't want to say anything because her house will get burned down and her kids will get murdered. That would definitely be a deterrent mm -hmm. for sure. For me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for everyone because yeah, that's a pretty traumatic event. Yeah. Well, and you can't get, you can't, you know, do you want to do it and then enter like witness protection program and never speak to anyone you love ever again? Like, fuck it, you know? Like, no, I don't. I'm against that. Uh, okay, Gloria. So the police find a man called Ruperto Garcia who lived across the street from Abraham at the time of the murder. He was just 15 years old at the time of the murder. He told investigators that he was at Abraham's house drinking with everyone that night and Erasmo, Abraham, and their friend Chipo, that's his nickname, asked him to go with them to rob a house. 
So I suppose he had no problem with that request because he got in the car. He says that they told him, we're going to go steal a VCR. So, like, I don't know why you need four guys to go steal a VCR. I'm not quite sure. But, or what is with the VCR? I mean, a VCR, yeah, if you're going to rob a house, you're going to take the VCR. But why would you go to a house to rob a VCR? Well, it was 1980, so VCRs were brand new. They'd be really expensive then. It wouldn't be like now where you could buy one for 20 bucks if you can buy one. Yeah, but like... Probably 300, 400 bucks in 1980. But wouldn't you say we're going to go rob a house? I wouldn't be that specific. I'm going to go take a VCR. Yeah, I'm just going to go get the VCR. Like if you're already robbing a house, you're already in it. You might as well just rob it i don't know it just seemed weird because he's like we're gonna go get a vcr or maybe maybe ruparto because he's 15 and abraham was like we'll go rob a house i'll give you the vcr maybe he's just think you know maybe he's just thinking we're gonna go i'm gonna go get a vcr i don't know i'm getting way too into that was very thought out (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny because i haven't written any of this stuff down but I'm just in my head trying to justify it. Maybe I'm just a little bit buzzed here at what is happening. Now I need to get into everybody's mindset. <laughs> All right. So Erasmo gets out of the car. He puts on a ski mask. He gets out of, nope, he got out his gun. Oh. And Abraham went with his uncle to the front of the house. So Ruperto said he and Chipo went to the back of the house. They were at the back of the house when they heard gunshots and saw flashes inside the house. He said he saw two kids run out the back door. He and Chipo then ran back to the car and waited for the other two. When they got back to the car, oh no, I'm sorry. When they got back to Abraham's house, they were made to undress. And so Abraham and Erasmo said, you know, undress. Then they were told that if they ever said anything, they that Erasmo and Abraham would kill their mothers. So like, don't say oh. shit. I mean, that's a that's a threat that people use time and time again. Because like, you're how gonna old, kill me, okay? But how old were these kids, young adults? Uh, I think. Well, um, what's his name? Roberto was 15. Oh wow. Chipo Chipo was probably a little bit older than that, but not a whole lot. I mean, still. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, they're so they didn't fucking talk. I wouldn't either. I mean, I think that's how like 90% of pedophiles get away with whatever they do is because it's like, well, I'm going to kill your mom. Right. Well, I don't want you to kill my mom, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, now we're going to fast forward another two years because this is the longest investigation in history. <laughs> so now we're August 17th, 2012. This event happened August 30th, I believe. Don't quote me on that because I said it at the beginning of the episode and I don't remember. Um, 1980. So we're, what was that, 30? 40, 30 years? Two years? It's a long time. <laughs> Erasmo Cruz is in the Juanadilla prison in Puerto Rico. He's in jail there because he's being extradited back to Pennsylvania because of everybody who's talking. They're like, okay, you clearly have this, you know, you had intent. You had. So Erasmo's version of events are pretty much the same as Ruperto's. Abraham held a gun to Erasmo and told him that he was getting in the car and they were going over to Deborah's house. Okay, remember, Erasmo was the boyfriend. So I don't know why Abraham is so fucking feisty to kill this woman. Like, it's not even his ex-girlfriend. It's Erasmo. So I don't know 
the whole story. I don't know if it's like a respect thing. I have no idea what's going on. Abraham is not a great dude. I mean, clearly. Obviously. So Erasmo says he never went in the home and that he was outside when he heard the gunshots. So Ruperto and Chipo were in the back, the back of the house. Erasmo and Abraham were at the front of the house. Erasmo says he never went in. So he's at the front of the house. He says he heard the first shots and he got down like he hit the deck like he's, you know, somebody's shooting. Then he hears the second shot. And after the second shot, he runs. He runs back to the car. So now he's at the car with Chipo and Ruperto. He turned around and he says he says that he's oh, no, I'm sorry. He's in the car with Ruperto. He claims that he saw Chipo running towards him in the car at the car with a can of gas. And at that time, he saw flames in the house. So Chipa was the one who threw the Molotov cocktails at the house. They threw the gun in the river on the way home, and Abraham threatened them all. If they all spoke about it, they would kill them and their mothers. So he's got kind of a similar story, but Chipo is, you know, the one who's lighting fires. So 2014, here we go, you know. Two more years. Erasmo pleaded guilty to two counts of criminal homicide and was sentenced eight to 20 years. He's housed at SCI Houtsdale. Why so, such little time? I don't know. I can't. I think. OK, so Chipo died in 2005. Oh. And I don't think that they had a whole lot to go on. And I'll tell you the rest. So R- Ruperto Garcia it's so hard for me, this Ruperto, because I want to say Roberto so bad, but it's not. He pleaded guilty to conspiracy to burglary and was given 11 months to 23 months. Actually, what? it was a, it was like 11 months and 15 days or 10 days or some shit and to 23 months with a year probation. Wow. 2015, Abraham Cruz is finally fucking charged after 35 years of the murder 2019 so he was charged in 2015 he was sentenced in 2019 to double life sentence with no parole also five to ten years for conspiracy to commit murder and 10 to 20 years for burglary he is at sci dallas in pennsylvania so he's never getting out no doesn't sound like it yeah that's out that's quite different So I think the thing is they had all this evidence. They had multiple people claiming that Abraham was the ring leader. And, you know, that that's that poor brother. What? That poor brother. He went through the trial and then had to wait 35 years for the actual killers to be. Right. Okay. So that was my next paragraph. It's it was strange to me because the case was solved with like good old fashioned police work. Not advanced in D- advances in DNA, which is usually how cold cases get solved, right? Is like the advancement of technology and science, and then you know they get to test old things and come up with the DNA and all that stuff. So I thought it was really weird that it was just people talking, like that's how it got solved. There was mm-hmm. nothing else, but it did suck for Keith Patterson because he paid quite a price. 
And thank goodness he was found guilty or he would have been another innocent person who's in jail. And then was just and the investigation would have never continued because he would be in jail. So they wouldn't have done anything. So that's that. So when I text Jen today, I asked her, um, what are you doing? So she said a Gettysburg murder. And I said, the person's name is Deborah, is it? And she goes, yeah, it is. And I was like, damn it. She picked the same haunting I'm doing. Because Gettysburg is not a very big town. It's very, very small, at least the I've the never part. been. I don't know. Like, you can walk around it in, like, 20 minutes. I mean, there's a lot to see, but I'm just saying if you were just walking around. Um, so I thought we did the same story again. Plus, her murder was in 1980s, which is when my Deborah was murdered in 1985. So oh, that's kind of funny. But you're right. There were a lot of Deborahs in the 80s. Debbie Gibson? <laughs> She's now Deborah Gibson. Oh, my gosh. She got fancy. She got all fancy with her name. So I'm just going to tell you a little about my trip. I had some hauntings and stuff. I didn't even write this down. So... A few things about Gettysburg, why it's why Gettysburg is so important in our history as far as the battles of the Civil War is because the Confederates were winning up until Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. Gettysburg is what changed the tide for where the Union was winning. So that's why it's such a major thing. Um, so it happened over three days, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Obviously, a lot of people died, so there is a lot... There's there, a lot of spirits roaming yeah. around. There's a there's a lot of uh, what do they call it? Uh, residuals there. Mm. So um, I keep losing my train of thought. It's very easy for me to do. <laughs> so we we're doing this ghost hunting tour. Um, so first we we were going to the paranormal the objects of the museum of paranormal objects. So it was our own private tour. It was very very small, and it was in Jenny Wade's house. Jenny Wade was the only civilian killed in the Battle of Gettysburg. She was killed on the last day. She was making bread. Oh, that was she actually She actually wasn't killed there at her house. They had actually sent her to her sister's house so she wouldn't get hit, so they wouldn't, you know, become a casualty, and then she got killed there. But Jenny Wade's very important in Gettysburg. She's very, very famous for someone that probably wouldn't have been if she wasn't shot during the Battle of Gettysburg. We would never have heard her name. But I guess her house is also haunted, but I didn't go there. So anyway, so we, so it's me and my, my very skeptical husband and my two nieces who are 24 and 26. Did he piss any spirits off? So we go in the paranormal museum. Like I said, it's really small. It's two rooms. And he was pretty good. Like he didn't make comments. <laughs> he did. Thank God he did this. We weren't allowed to take pictures, but the minute the guy turned his back, my husband was taking pictures of stuff. Oh my God. So did you capture spirits in your phone? No, but at least I know what we saw so I could talk about it because I never remembered anything. And there's no website for this museum. It's pretty um, new. So the people that own this museum do the ghost hunting in Gettysburg. There, there's so many ghost hunting tours and places there because it's so just the whole damn area is haunted. It's just one big haunting ground, mostly Confederate soldiers and Union soldiers. So there's a lot there, but she's one of the big ones. Her name is uh, Spooky Riley. I'm Scoop. guessing Spooky's the name. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, it's her nickname. I get it. I was like, wait a minute. And they were super nice. But I'm not going to lie. I start to get skeptical at things. Like, um, they would have this, they had this board, right? And it was covered in soldier's blood. And, like, what makes it haunted? Yeah, it's kind of gross because it's literally drenched in blood. But what makes it haunted or paranormal? I don't know. They have these dolls. Yeah, they're creepy, but what? what's wrong with them? What do people do if they talk to them? I guess they do have this doll named shit. I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Not Annabelle? That, it was not Annabelle. <laughs> I wonder if it was, no, it wasn't Katie. Whatever. I guess people hear her cry a lot, this baby, and it's not one of those dolls. Oh. Did he take a picture of that doll? He did. God, I can't remember her name. Probably says on that plaque that I can't read because I'm old. And they had this death dress, which is just a dress that people wore when someone died. You had to wear it for like two to seven years, something like that. Something ridiculous. I'm sorry. Seven years you had to wear a dress? Yeah. In mourning? Yeah. And they had one of those. And it looks really heavy. It's really thick and it's obviously black. I would I would be so livid if one of my loved ones died in the summertime. Right. Like, Fuck you. You couldn't have waited until January. I mean, come on. So then they have this chair called a death chair, and you're not allowed to sit in it. But they couldn't really say why it's called a death chair. Like, did someone sit in it, and then they got in a car accident the next day? Was it a one-time thing? So I felt like they had these objects, but they couldn't really explain what makes them haunted. So there was no backstories? It was just like, hey, here's some blood on a board, and... yeah. There were a couple of backstories. They have Lorraine and Ed Warren's mirror from the smear. This is, sounds ridiculous. I just realized it's all rhyming. They have this mirror <laughs> from the Smurl haunting, which I think was the first haunting that put Lorraine and Ed on the map as far as being demonologists. The funny thing, the reason I'm not even going to go over that haunting is because a lot of it's been come out as fake, hmm. and I don't know enough about it to, to go there. But this mirror is supposed to be haunted, and they had it covered up with rope around it. Now, my niece said every time she got near it, she felt sick. Oh, I no. Didn't, I didn't feel anything, but she's more sensitive than I am. They had Hitler's butter dish. Ew. But what makes it haunted? Yeah, it's creepy. Wait, where? how do they know? Where, where's the authenticity? Like, what, did, Was it shipped over from Germany? Did somebody put it in their pants when they were immigrating? Like, what happened? I don't know. Did they get it on eBay? Yeah. How do you? They had these masks, these African masks, which I guess they had just gotten, but he had no idea what the backstory was. So I I don't know. I don't know. They had a Ouija board from 1940s. It looks just like the Ouija board you buy from, you know, on Amazon now. Yeah. I was like, so why do you want this? So I don't know. I didn't. I'm not saying I don't believe. I just. I just you get need skeptical. some evidence, or, or not evidence, but some some story. Yeah. You need a background. Christian did take a picture of the mirror, but what's funny is it's it didn't come out right. It came out really strange. Like he said, he was doing it dead on, and there's no reflection off it because it's covered with a black smock. But it just it doesn't make sense from the angle he's at. It should just be a straight shot, and instead it's all wonky. I don't know hmm. if you can see that. No, hold it up. 
higher. I'll, let me, I'll text it to you. I won't do that right now. So I don't know. I, I wasn't, sorry, I wasn't that impressed. So the next place we went was kind of down the street. It's called the Baltimore Murder House. This girl was 28. Her name was Deborah. She was murdered by her boyfriend in 1985. They had gone to a bar and they were drinking and some guys were hitting on her. She was very pretty. And her boyfriend got involved and they beat his ass. So he went home and got a gun to go back and kill them. And she tried to stop him and he shot her twice in the kitchen. Whoa. He shot her? Yeah. That's kind of nice. So she haunts this house. <laughs> What's funny is I've, I've realized I'm too old or I'm just too bored to do ghost hunting anymore. You have all this equipment. They give you all this equipment. And our tour person was from San Diego. Nice. She was from Lakeside. I was like, what a trip. Um, but they that's all they do is, like, investigate. And then they do these tours where they give you all the equipment. And they record everything. So if you get something, they have it. They go over all the e E, um, EM, EMFs, EMPs, they go over all that stuff. They have spirit boxes. They use the um, those things you get when you're looking for water that I can't think of the name. You know those wires like to look for water? I don't, I don't know what that's Divining called. Rods. That's what they're called, divining rods. Divining rods? So I get bored after like five minutes. I have the attention span of a net. That's true. So I got bored real fast. And there were other people there. People are talking. My husband did really good. He lasted an hour before he went to the car. Nice. So I was super okay with. Yeah. I thought really well. And I had a headache. It was really hot there. It was like 96 at night. It was a bit bit warm. So there was some activity. I guess she really likes 80s music. And she particularly likes Thriller. And if you play it... (laughs) You could get the thing to dance. Did you play it? Yes, we did. We tried to get her. They say that you can actually kind of get her to dance. We did not. We didn't. But the kitchen was the only time any of my equipment went off. It was like blinking. It was going crazy. They could kind of hear words. Well, you know who dances and runs when he's scared from Thriller is Marquand. Shout out to Tequila. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. I thought maybe she'd like Madonna. I mean, I'm sure she did. She died in 1985. She was probably a big Madonna fan. But yeah. There was a lot of in the kitchen, and they did show us some videos of stuff they caught. Because, like I said, they investigate that pretty much every night. Well, because that's where she's she was murdered, right, was the kitchen? Yeah. yeah. She was trying to get out the door. And they have video of, like, this guy that's researching. He's standing there, and he's got these gloves in his pocket. And one just comes out and kind of goes across the room. And then the other one comes out and just gets tossed across the room. And it's all on video. Wow. They have where the door opens. And she's like, the door doesn't open. Like the door where the murder was. Yeah. It's not supposed to open. It's supposed to be sealed. So there's only one way in, one way out, just to control people from coming in. or. Well, that know, doesn't sound very fire safe. No. You know, when you think about it, and it's a pretty old building, obviously. It was also... Okay, I said it was Jenny Wade's house, which I'm sure was probably used as a Civil War hospital because, like, every place there was. So they do say they do get soldiers once in a while um, that they pick up. And then I also read that it's not Deborah haunting it. They've had a medium contact her, and she's saying, that's not me. Like, oh. I'm at peace. 
So, like, he went to jail and everything. He's already out of prison. The guy that killed her, the boyfriend, oh, so he's, he's already. not dead. No. Well, because I was going to say, maybe it was him because he felt so guilty because he's such a dick face that it wasn't even really her fault. And yet. Yeah, he did like five years because it was manslaughter. Five years? Mm-hmm. And he was caught right away. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, what's funny is my niece was wearing a flannel. I don't know why, because it was like 96 degrees. And they, the lady told her, hey, you might get some negative energy because the guy was wearing a flannel, and she does not like people that wear flannel. Oh, I would take that right off. Right? I mean, I like, yeah, I, shirt. <laughs> but we'll have to see what they get. You get a DVD of what happened. Like, they send it to your house and everything. So... I had a headache. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was ready to go and eat, but we still had to do research for the paranormal museum. So we had to go back there. I did not go up. My niece, Katie went up and Sarah, and then I was sitting in the car and this crazy, I, I saw this lady like thrown up on my car. So I what? Like, ma'am, are you okay? Cause I'm thinking maybe it's someone from the bars and it was Katie. <laughs> so my niece is throwing up, and I was like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing up? She goes, I went up into the museum, and I just got totally sick and dizzy, and she couldn't go in there. Because she was wearing flannel when it was 96 degrees? This was actually the other one. Oh. But So then the other one didn't want to be up there by herself. There were other people up there, but I think she was just over us. And I was like, I'm sorry, you guys. I just get bored really easily. I want the ghost to come out and say, hey, what's up? You know? That's not how it works. It's not how it Thank works. Thank fucking God. That's not how it works. I swear. I'm like, every time you talk about ghosts, I literally, this is what I'm doing with my hands right now. I have to hold myself with my hands because I cannot fathom. You told me that one time where that ghost holds your hand. Like, uh, yeah. And so now every time you talk about ghosts, my hands have to be completely full. Like I have to either hold my own hands or they like my hands have to be touching my arms or something or my legs. Like I can't have an open hand because I'm totally skeeved out that someone's going to just come and hold my hand. That's you're not going to like this next part then. Shit. <laughs> Is it a child? I don't know. Honestly. Oh my God. I kind of meant to research it, but I didn't because I suck. Um, I was really hungry. This thing lasted from 7 to 11. So it was four hours, which we hadn't eaten because everybody doesn't have enough people to staff. So everywhere we went had an hour wait because they didn't have enough staff. So we were really hungry. So we were staying at this inn. And the reason why we were staying at the Baladari Inn was because it was haunted. That was the whole point. It's a beautiful little inn. I think there's eight rooms. It used to, once again, it was a field hospital during the Civil War. You could still see the bloodstains on the dining room floor where you eat. Why? Historical. But, like, oh, my God, I don't like that at all. Cut the floor out, put it in a (laughs) little glass box. And give it to the Colonel Object Museum. Yeah, display (laughs) it somewhere. And then re-fucking-floor your floors. (laughs) The lady that runs it, Judy, was an absolute gem. Super nice. She makes homemade cookies and breakfast for you every morning. I mean, I was only there 
24 hours. But anyway, shout out to Judy. So for reasons unknown, we were in the main house is where Christian and I were. They were all the way in the carriage house, which was like a whole parking lot away. And there's only eight rooms all together at this inn. So, hmm. so I don't think we had anybody in our house. And they did. They had someone across from them. So remember, we, we chose this on purpose. <laughs> because it was haunted. Because it was haunted. Of course, it seemed like a good idea like four months ago, right? When we made these plans. So my two nieces were sharing a room in the carriage house and my niece is texting. She's like, Sarah's asleep. I can't sleep. I am so freaked out. I think I'm going to have a panic attack. And she's all stressed out, which stressed me out. Like I was really tired. I was ready to go to sleep, but then she started freaking me out. So then I couldn't sleep. Speak of the devil. Is that her sister or a different? Yeah, that's her sister. Their sister. Okay. I would have gotten right in bed with my sister. Like, oh. if, I don't care if you're asleep, if I'm freaking out, like, I'm just going to go close, like, I'm going to get in the bed and get close to you then. Yeah. Oh, me too. I didn't, I didn't let up from my husband. I kept the light on. Okay. Well, I've been watching Twin Peaks the TV <laughs> show from the 90s, and I just started season three, which happened in, I think, 20. 17 or something and it skeeved me out so bad I had the lights on all in my house by myself like I I needed to have every light on it freaked me out so what what is it about if you have the lights on nothing can hurt you I mean I do it like aliens can't abduct you ghosts can't haunt you serial killers can't come in no one comes in if the lights are on I think you just have this feeling that at least you can see, you can be prepared. Like if something's coming at you, it's not just all of a sudden going to be attacking you. It's going to, you can see it happening so you can run or you can fight or you can whatever. At least that's, that's for me. Like I want, I want the lights on so that whatever's happening is in full view. Plus, you know, the Lord shone the light. You don't, you know. <laughs> You do bad in the dark. You don't do bad in the light. So maybe the Lord is with you, even the electronic light lighting that we have. You're funny. <laughs> um, okay, so she wrote this on Facebook, so that's why I'm, I'm looking over it. So the most haunted room at this end is called the inn. It's called the Marigold Room, and they were directly across the room from it in the Shamrock Room. So these are the things that happened to them that night. Mostly to the one that was up with anxiety because her sister was sound asleep. So that she heard knocking twice on their bedroom door on the, the room or the, the room. Mm-hmm. Um, they heard soft footsteps and she would look up and her sister was still laying there. She had tapping on her headboard and an eerie kind of moaning close to her ear. Oh, oh my God. Mm-mm. She kept hearing footsteps outside the hall. So they, we happened to run into the lady that was in the haunted room when we had breakfast. So she was asking her, did you hear anything? And she's like, no, I can tell you I wasn't up in the hallway. I was in my room all night. I was asleep. So it wasn't her. So they're like, did anything happen in your room? She says, oh, yeah, a couple of times when I looked in the mirror, there was something standing behind me. And I would oh, turn her what? on. She was super calm about it. And we're like, 
what the hell? Like, you're so mellow. Like, you didn't run screaming because I would have ran screaming. I would have slept in my fucking car. Like, I would, I'm gone. Goodbye. Good night. Like, I wouldn't even pack my shit. It, I would just be gone. She said, I grew up here. I grew up in Gettysburg. So I'm used to this kind of stuff. I would never get used to this kind of stuff. No. 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 I, it's not my thing. That's like, well, I've been stabbed 12 times, so I just get used to it. Like, no, nobody gets fucking used to being stabbed. What? I mean. Well, she asked me, can I sleep in the car? And I said, dude, this whole place is haunted. You get that right. Like, this is, if you go out there, you're going to have dead soldier ghosts and serial killers because we're out in the woods. You didn't tell her to come to your room? She wouldn't leave her sister. Oh. They couldn't share a bed because the bed was kind of small, so one was sleeping on, like, a sofa couch. I was like, I wouldn't have cared. I would have laid right on top of her. <laughs> I would have not given a fuck. Yeah, I would have been just straight on top. It just needs to fit one human being, and I would be the other one on top of the other human being. Our bathroom, for whatever reason, for our room was outside the room. Like, it was just across the hallway, and that was only our bathroom. But I was like, if I have to pee, Christian, you have to come with me. And he's like, I'm not going to the bathroom with you. I was like, I'm not going by myself. No, get a bedpan. <laughs> All the places. I mean, it, nothing happened in my room, although I was so paranoid all night because she made me that way. And I felt so bad for her. And all this creepy stuff was happening. I'm like, but they're nice ghosts. Like, they're not. I wouldn't even want to be on top of someone. I would need to be underneath someone. <laughs> like, I don't think I could have handled that, like, exposure to the air. Like, I think I would need to feel suffocated by something that's, like, protecting me. My thing was, I I keep my leg out when I sleep, my leg and my Mm. arm. I was so freaking paranoid that something was going to touch me, like, touch my foot. So I had to keep putting my foot back under the blanket, but then it's too hot for me. So I was like, do I want to be touched by a ghost? Because I just, it was going to happen. Because your blanket is going to protect you? Yeah, I felt like if it was out, I'm just asking for it. Oh, my word. But I was like, yeah, next time, we don't want to sleep at a haunted hotel. Like, we, it sounds like a great idea until everyone else is asleep, and then I'm just there. It absolutely does not sound like a great idea. I don't know why you thought it was going to sound like a great idea, like, at the time. I don't know why, but to to me, that is not – that never sounds like a good idea. I mean, maybe – <laughs> Well, I don't, I mean, maybe I like ghosts. I mean, I don't not like ghosts because I don't want to put that out in the atmosphere of like having ghosts try and come and be like, no, we're cool. It's fine. I just, I mean, it's possible that it's just because I'm sitting here right now all by myself. So I'm like, that happens every time we record and you tell me creepy shit. (laughs) I can't like, because then I'm all by myself. For the whole night and either a ghost is going to come get me. I think I would prefer. I can't. I'm not going to say it out loud because I can't put that in the universe. That's fair. But if yeah, if anyone ever wants to stay there, she's a lovely woman. It's very pretty. Very confusing. They just leave the door open so you can just come in and then there's like a kitchen and living room. And then the stairs go to the rooms. But I'm like, what if anyone could just walk in here and kill everyone? That's what wow. I think at three in the morning. Wow. Like there's no one there like in her laptop sitting out. I shouldn't say this all over the not like we have so many listeners going to run. But it's just so that's so unsafe to me. Life is unsafe in Gettysburg because there's so many 
ghosts. That's a good point. But they don't seem like pretty mellow ghosts. They're not poltergeists or demons or anything like that. They're just residuals. You know, a pretty traumatic event happened there. And, you know, it was a army hospital. So many, many people died there and were amputated and all that horrible shit. Wow. So that was my adventures. Luckily, mine were not as intense as my nieces. Well, I'm glad you made it. And you survived. <laughs> I did. I survived. I'm glad your nieces survived. Yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah, she was very happy when the sun came up. I bet. Our podcast for today, we actually have something to release. Now that I don't have fan issues, now I have a little tiny fan, little baby fan. Last week was fan issues affected the sound. It's okay. I have too many fans on me. Jen could have edited them all out. <laughs> There's too many. I did edit them out. It was the pitch and frequency screwed with our <laughs> our voices when I would edit the fans out. It sounded like we were underwater. Which would have gone with our theme, if you think about it. Hey. <laughs> we're doing this one live from under the water. <laughs> yes. We meant to do this. We're so cool. Well... Uh, we'll bring we'll we'll do it in a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk to you guys next week. All you people out there roasting. Good luck. Stay cool. Be nice. Be kind. Ciao. Right. Bye.